Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demeester. Week five in the books, folks, already. We're heading into week six. Dominic, we had some crazy games in week five, a lot of comebacks. It was a lot of the same uh, and a few upsets, the same we've seen already in this NFL season. Dom, how were your thoughts on uh, What were your thoughts on week five in the NFL? Bizarre week in the <laughs> NFL is the best word I could use to describe this week. Wow. There are lots to get to and lots yeah. to talk about. So let's just get right into it. 100%. All right, Dominic. All right, folks. You guys know I'm a glass. I try to be a glass half full type of guy. I love the NFL and I know that refereeing is not an easy job. All right. I get it. And I understand that with player safety now and everything that's going on with concussions um, and, you know, what's happening to these players afterwards when they retire. Um, it's sad. Of course, I get it. And I understand that player safety should always, always be number one. Uh, and at, at times in the NFL, it hasn't been. Um, but when we're talking about uh, these roughing the passer penalties, Dominic, these, these penalties are, are literally ruining games. And what I mean by that is if it's roughing the passer, it's roughing the passer. Of course, no doubt about it. Uh, if their body weight is falling on a, def- on, on a quarterback and, uh, you know, the defender is being reckless and not doing what he physically, humanly possibly can to brace himself, okay, that's roughing the passer. But there were two very, very obvious non-roughing the passers this past weekend that changed the game. One of them was obviously on Tom Brady. The Falcons were had all the momentum. They were down 21-0. They came back, scored 15 straight points. Um, there was a phantom roughing the passer on Tom Brady. Gave them the first down, a fresh set of downs. They ended up winning the game. These roughing the passer penalties are not only are they bad, but the two that we saw this weekend changed the game. And the Atlanta Falcons really got screwed. Um, and I honestly think that, you know, we talk about coaches and players having to do um post-game, you know, interviews and conferences, I think it may be up to these, these refs to do the same thing because we're not holding these refs accountable. Um, a, a lot of these guys are, I don't want to say throwing away games. They're not doing it purposely. Of course, I get it. But for at a certain point, Dominic, there's only so much these defenders can do if they're tackling the quarterback. You're, you will have camps showing how these these defenders are supposed to tackle. They tackle the way they're supposed to, and then they're still getting flagged. It, it, it's ruining the NFL, and I love the NFL. And I get that refereeing is hard. Uh, I ref in a few flag football leagues and it's difficult. Of course, it's, uh, you know, it's easy for me to say, and I'm not naive to the fact that we got to protect these quarterbacks, but these roughing the passer penalties, Dominic, they're, they're driving me nuts and they're driving a lot of people nuts. And you can see the, the, the reaction from these Kansas City Chiefs fans, um, in the Monday night game. Thank God they ended up winning the game because they got screwed by Frank Clark getting that, that really nice strip sack. Um, look on the power hour. There's not many times where I, I kind of like let loose and, and vent and, and rage type of thing. Uh, but when it comes to these referees, Dominic, they got to start being held accountable. Um, and they have to understand that the defenders are human and they're not going to magically disappear after sacking a quarterback. And, you know, part of the, the game is they're going to fall on the quarterback. But anyways, Dominic, all that being said is it was a fun weekend in week five, but we really going to start looking into these uh, roughing the passer penalties because unfortunately they're ruining games and they're ruining the NFL. Yeah. I mean, the NFL has a responsibility for the fans to make things as transparent, as clear and concise for everyone to enjoy a football game. And when there's these gray areas, clearly people are confused. And yeah. these ruffling the past the penalties is no different than other oddities that we've seen in the past, whether, whether it be changes to the pass interference rules mm-hmm. and whatnot. So where we're at today is that clearly, as you discussed, the concussions are, are obviously one of the biggest fears for all players in the NFL and the NFL, their brand, they're trying to, you know, protect their brand from um, any lawsuits, any, you know, problems associated to the game with regards to injuries. So that said, what's the rule here? Unnecessary. So that's the key word in the rule book is whether a player does something unnecessary uh, in order to, you know, hit the quarterback that wasn't warranted. We both would agree that on these plays, there is nothing that was 
obviously unnecessary in my personal opinion. So therefore, it really comes up to the referee to make the right call. And sometimes, you know, and this is with every sport, sometimes you you wonder whether or not a referee is interjecting themselves within the game. Obviously, you would say to yourself, not, oh, no, we're not going to, our referees, you know, I'm sure they're by the book. They do their best they can. But when you see things that are just bizarre, just odd, you really start wondering. So anyways, I'm not going to go too much more down that alley. All I'm trying to say is the NFL has to get it right. They obviously don't have it right with this rule. And they're going to have to do something about it, whether it's change the rule completely or maybe modify uh, different technology and sporting equipment that will help protect players. And I think that right now we're in in, an in-between phase. And as we move along within the next couple of years, you're going to see either better equipment that's going to arise or you're going to see just the NFL. I'd like to hope to get it right and to get it right more consistently. But this is always going to be an ebb and flow area where as fans and as players, everyone's just got to like move with the times, you know, just Mm -hmm. adapt. And right now we haven't adapted well when it comes to player safety and the quarterback position. Yeah, super well said, Dominic. Uh, You bring up the key point there, unnecessarily, right? And it's hard for a defender to make a tackle and then somehow vanish and not, you know, follow through on the tackle because then we're going to start seeing defenders wrap up quarterbacks, let go, and the play is going to continue. And you're going to be like, wait, what happened? I thought I wasn't allowed to bring him to the ground. So, um yeah, I think you 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 know you hit it uh, perfectly there by saying unnecessarily. Uh, we could obviously both agree, and I think most fans that watch again that both of these uh, were from the passer calls, the one against uh, Derek Carr and the one against Tom Brady this past weekend were not unnecessary. Uh, the defender did what he humanly possibly could do uh, to try and avoid. I guess you can see, quote unquote, hurting the quarterback. But I think, like you said, there's a lot of inconsistencies. And I really, really hope in the next meeting that the, the sites look into that um, and, and deal with it from there. All right, folks, that's it. Just wanted to get that off my chest. I feel much better now. Uh, hopefully you do too, Dominic. A lot of good games that happened this weekend, Dominic. Let's jump into them right now. Uh, you would watch a bulk of the one o'clock games, Dominic. Is there one game uh, that stood out to you? Well, let's start off with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. Let's just start oh off with that game. What a debacle. Uh, hey, listen, uh, the Buffalo Bills had a 14-point spread, and they delivered 38-3. to What a blowout. Josh Allen came up big, 424 yards, four touchdowns. Gabriel Davis, we talked about where is Buffalo's number two wide receiver. Well, he finally yeah. showed up, you know, three receptions, 171 yards, and two DDs. You know, this game to me, it was over after the first touchdown. That's just, I've seen the Steelers lose in so many football games where a big player off the bat demoralizes the other team. And, you know, they're all professionals and you would, you would expect them to come back, but that was like a knockout punch right away. Good night, the Steelers. It was over after that play. And, you know, you can't really blame Kenny Pickett in this game. A quarterback that throws 327 yards and only gets three points there are issues with the Steelers' yeah. offense. That's just not a normal stat. So, yes, a bit of it could be uh, padded uh, because of the blowout. But regardless, you know, the kid played well. He didn't get discouraged. He did what he could do. But the Steelers' offense, and that comes down to coaching and the offensive coordinator, did not help them out whatsoever. So the Steelers are going to have to figure that out, whether it's a change maybe at the offensive coordinator position or – Maybe at the end of the season, maybe the Steelers will change their entire organization. I doubt it. I mean, it's very hard to to, to fire Tomlin. I yeah. personally, I'm, I'm 50-50 on, on him. I think that he hasn't delivered as a head coach in big moments. That's why I would, you know, show him the door. But who are you going to replace him with? That's the million-dollar question. And right now, all we're ushering in is, is college football coaches that lack experience. And you're seeing that on Sundays with the sole exception of obviously Sean McVay, who won one Super Bowl. But I see all these rookie coaches coming into the NFL, and they lack, obviously, experience. And I wouldn't want to change Mike Tomlin's experience for a college coach. So if I don't see anybody else with experience to come in with the Steelers, which I don't see right now, you have to stick with Tomlin. But you better get things done in a hurry. I know this is 
quote unquote a rebuilt year, but the, the fans are just not going to accept blowouts of 38 to 3. Yeah, no, for sure, Dominic. I think that obviously you don't expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to go into Buffalo and to win this game, but to lose this game by 35 points, Dominic, by five TDs and not be competitive throughout is, is definitely painful to watch. I'm with you though. I couldn't, I saw Kenny Pickett stats after the game and I said, man, like he passed for all those yards and only put up three points. Uh, it's definitely really hard to to imagine that. I guess you can see the Buffalo Bills uh, defense bent but didn't break. And there was even a, a tough play at the end of that game there where Kenny Pickett uh, got hit low um, and uh, you know, didn't appreciate it there. But, you know, thank God he seems to be okay. But I was going to ask you about Mike Tomlin. You kind of answered uh, the question before I even asked. But yeah, like, is he in trouble, right? Because like this team has been, uh, you know, quote-unquote good and had a winning record for so many years. And unfortunately, this this time they don't really have the squad to be competitive in the NFL, be competitive in their division. Um, and it, it's tough to ask uh, more to Mike Tomlin with the squad that they have. But, you know, they, they do on, on paper have fairly good receivers, Dominic. And I don't think it's any excuse to, to be blown out, like you said, against a, a good Buffalo Bills team for sure. But from start to finish, Dominic, this game was over. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Tomlin's going to have to sit back and answer a lot of questions uh, over the next few weeks. Let's jump to a game that was more competitive. One of the teams blowing uh, a two-touchdown lead this weekend, Dominic, was the Cleveland Browns. They were up 14 zip over the Chargers. This game was back and forth. This game was fun. This game was exciting. The Chargers end up winning this game 30 to 28 in Cleveland. A battle of two, two and two teams. Jacoby Brissett, Dominic, marching down the field, down by only two with uh, with a very little time left in the game. And there was an interception in the red zone. It was a great play by the Chargers uh, defender there to uh, to kind of jump up in the air and, uh, you know, get up on his springs and basically ice the game there. Well, it wasn't actually ice, ice the game because Steven got the ball back. They ended up missing a field goal for the win. But uh, a huge play by the Chargers defense there. And credit the Chargers, Dominic. They were down in this game four. 14 zip um, and um, yeah, came back, made it a game. Not only did they make it a game, but they come back and win. And the Cleveland Browns just finding new ways to lose football games. Oh man, this is a, a tough pill to swallow if you're the Browns because they look good in this game. Nick Chubb looked good, but uh, fortunately for them, it's uh, the Chargers coming up victorious. And Mike Williams having another few fantastic catches. This guy seems to make highlight real catches week after week and uh, prove no differently this week, Dominic, with the Chargers getting the W. Absolutely. Mike Williams goes off 10 receptions, 134 yards. Austin Eckler, back-to-back games, big game here, 173 yards, one TD. The Chargers obviously figured out that their offensive line was going to be a real big problem moving forward. We talked about how they have to just get the ball to Austin Eckler as much as they can. They clearly have. And Mike Williams, you know, filling the shoes for Keenan Allen very well. But I want to talk about a bit about the Cleveland Browns here. And all those Cleveland Browns fans, listen, you've been snake bitten in the entire start of the season, but yet you're still two and three. This team is producing. Nick Chubb must be a bit demoralized. I think this is his back-to-back game where he has got over 100 yards. In this game, 17 carries, 134 yards and two TDs with Deshaun Watson taking over later in the season. This team could very well be a wild card team. And I know a lot of people might be like, oh, the Cleveland Browns, really? But They've been getting a lot of production out of their tight end, David Njoku, as well. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is kind of like a sleeper wide receiver that no one really pays attention to. Just think that this team, if they could just, considering they could be 5-0 in my opinion, they didn't really lose big to anybody, in my personal opinion, this season. So this team has a chance to make the playoffs. I don't know who can falter, but it's all about, you know, being healthy at the right time. So... Keep an eye on those Cleveland Browns. Even though they lost this football game, they're still in it. And until I see this team get destroyed by someone, this team's actually a really good football team. Well, you bring up a good point, Dominic, because they've their three losses this year have been by one point to the New York Jets, three points to the Atlanta Falcons, and two points to the uh, Chargers uh, the, just this past weekend. So they've been competitive in every game they've played and in their losses. Um, next week, they play at home. Uh, once again, against uh, this week, they'll play the New England Patriots. So yeah, it's gonna, they're definitely an interesting team to follow, uh, sitting at two and three right now. Um, 
I, I'm with you on that one. I just think they got to find ways to win close games, Dominic, because that's a sign of a good football team, you know, coming up clutch when need be. And when you're up 14 zip, Dominic, no matter what team you're playing, no matter who you're playing against, and no matter who you have playing for you at home, you got to find a way to win the game. I think you said it perfectly there, Dominic. This team has been snake bitten, uh, and it hasn't been different uh, this season, really. They've been snake bitten since <laughs> the start of this franchise. Uh, and, you know, this year losing by, uh, by a few points in just a few games. But they've been competitive, and I think this is going to be an interesting team to follow throughout the season. Let's recap another game. Yeah, let's go. Really fun game. The Seattle Seahawks versus the New Orleans Saints. Boom. The Saints take it 39-32. This game had a bunch of TDs and a lot of great play from some unexpected heroes. Let's talk about Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. This guy is designated as a tight end, but what a safety blanket. I could go as far as as to say that this game might have saved the New Orleans Saints season. This team could have been one and four. The Seahawks, they knew they wanted this game as well in that division that we'll talk about a bit later. But let's give some props to Taysom Hill. This guy comes in, (laughs) runs nine carries, 112 yards and three TDs, and also passes one beautiful pass, 22 yards, and one TD. I mean, without having Jameis Winston, we all know that Andy Dalton is a game manager, but you need some extra flair to that offense. And this is what Taysom Hill does, you know. He's that added ingredient. But, of course, he needed a partner in crime, and we all know Alvin Kamara. He finally showed up here, 23 carries, 103 yards, did what he had to do, kept that clock ticking, but yet Seattle also put a bunch of points on the board. Big, big, big injury with Richard Penny. I know that, yes. you know, he's probably thinking like, I, have, I was so ready for this season. I was going to show everybody that it was a great running back, but the injury bug hit him and he's probably going to be gone for the entire season. But for those Seahawks fans out there, don't worry. You got Kenneth Walker, the third, you drafted him for a reason. This guy's going to be big. And Geno Smith, a lot of people were naysayers on Geno Smith. He might've lost this game, but 16 for 25, three TDs and finding that connection with Tyler Lockett. Hey, I think I'm going to say Tyler Lockett's for real. I thought that this guy, you know, sometimes is a bit of a bizarre receiver. He just doesn't show up for like six weeks. And then boom, five receptions, 104 yards, two TDs. To me, having Geno Smith as your quarterback is a downgrade to Russell Wilson. And he still is able to put up some big numbers. So hats off to him. Seattle might have lost this football game, but they were competitive all the way through against a desperate New Orleans Saints team. So great football game and hats off to both teams. Dominic, it sounds like a very simple and quite obvious statement where you said about Russell Wilson being uh, an upgrade, obviously, to Geno Smith and vice versa. But the way that season's gone this year, I don't know. Definitely going to talk about that uh, barn burner between the Colts and the Broncos. Man, that game was tough to watch. But yes, Dominic, uh, I think... Uh, you said a lot of things well there. The Seattle Seahawks team, man, they've been in a lot of, you know, fun shootout, close games. Uh, similar game to when they played the Detroit Lions and they were able to win that game. But yeah, Rashard Penny, super, super sad news. Um, and uh, yeah, he was having a great season. I had him on fantasy and he was killing it for me. So tough, uh, tough break there. And a guy, another guy I had on fantasy on the Seahawks was Tyler Lockett this week. So thank you, Lockett. But I agree with you that Tyler Lockett is a guy that he, he's just hit and miss, Dominic. And he's like, he's a guy that'll, I think you said it really well, he'll show up one week, then he won't show up the next. Then you have one, you know, you have one game with three TDs where he makes these uh, toe drag swipe catches. But the Seattle Seahawks are in a much better spot than I thought they would be at this point in the season. Like, I know they're not blowing teams out I know they're not you know leading their division or undefeated or anything but I thought this team was going to struggle a lot more than they have and big big win by the New Orleans Saints in this one Dominic Taysom Hill rushing for three TDs passing for a TD got to be one of the most fun players in the NFL this was a fun game and I'm uh, and I'm glad it uh, the Saints came up with a W because Taysom Hill definitely deserved it Let's go to a game I alluded to, a not-so-fun game. we got to talk about this game, Dominic. Let's just make it quick. The Colts and the Broncos, this game finishing 12-9 Indianapolis in overtime. Never in my life have I seen a game where fans left heading into over. I, I could not believe my eyes when I saw the Denver Broncos fans leaving this game 
after regulation. Now, look, do I blame them? Of course, it's no, it, it's hard. Uh, it was hard to watch that game. Now, if I was in their shoes, would I have stayed? Yeah, of course. I understand how expensive these NFL games are and getting a ticket is, um, is, is incredibly difficult. So yeah, I would have stayed. But like I said, I can't say I blame them. And honestly, Dominic, I, I'm still getting over the fact that these fans left the game. Thank God they did uh, because overtime was not much different than regulation and their team ended up losing the game 12 to nine. This game was, I don't for for it was an S H I T show, uh, and it was like seeing a, a bad movie, Dominic, on replay where you knew it was going to happen. It was as if neither of the teams wanted to win this game. Russell Wilson looked terrible, throwing a bad pick. Uh, there, there's not much to say about this game except that this was probably one of the worst football games I've seen since I started watching football. <laughs> That's a bold <laughs> statement. And, yeah. Hey, listen, twelve nine will give you that statement. So I completely understand. This game basically was all about two quarterbacks that potentially are done. I say potentially because I have a pretty good feeling that Matt Ryan is expired, you know, 26 for 41, no touchdowns and two picks. The guy's doing his best, but I think that we're at the, uh, the end of the road for Matt Ryan. And for Russell Wilson, I've talked about Russell Wilson prior to the season, saying that this guy is going to have the most pressure out of anybody coming into the year because of the massive contract and obviously leaving Seattle for what he thought would have been greener pastures in Denver. But clearly that has not started the way Russell Wilson wanted to start. And this team's not a great football team. The receivers in this, in this football team are average at best. Cortland Sutton. I know a lot of people out there are big on Cortland Sutton. I'm, I'm not a big Cortland Sutton fan and, and Jerry Judy he was a really good ride receiver in college. His game just hasn't translated. Now, if there is one slight kind of like possible hope for those Denver Broncos, in my opinion, is going to be Melvin Gordon. I'm a Melvin Gordon fan. This guy's a three down back. And the loss of Williams, you didn't really see it in this game because Denver just had a horrendous game plan coming in. But this guy could be the answer for Denver. They fed the ball to him 15 times. I want to see that ball being in his hands 20 times a game minimum. And then let Russell Wilson then kind of play like they used to play in Seattle. Come back in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. If that's your game plan, I think that you have a chance, Denver. But I think that it's all about Russell Wilson. What Russell Wilson can do for us. And until that mindset (laughs) is in people's heads... You're not going nowhere, Denver. Russell Wilson is only an average quarterback. And you guys can throw all the stats at me and say, what are you talking about? This guy's going to the Hall of Fame. Listen, I judge it how I see it. And I've always seen Russell Wilson at best as an average quarterback. And I've always said Pete Carroll definitely was a huge factor in his scheme for Russell Wilson's play. He doesn't have Pete Carroll anymore. He's going to have to figure it out. He definitely won't figure it out year one. Unless someone else comes to the rescue, that person could be Melvin Gordon. So it's all up to you, Melvin Gordon. If if Denver's going anywhere, in my opinion, you're going to have to go off at least 100 yards a game and let the defense take care of the rest for Denver because it won't go through Russell Wilson's hands, in my opinion. Well, we've heard the, the famous expression, let Russell Wilson or let Wilson cook. I, I saw a funny meme where it's like a player looking at uh, it was Melvin Gordon looking at Wilson. It's like, you're going to start cooking yet or what? Like, whoa, what the heck's happening? <laughs> uh, but um, I think, you know, Dominic, is is you talked about Russell Wilson even in the offseason. And you were one of the uh, like people that, you know, weren't as high on this team and Russell Wilson specifically as other people were. So I got to give credit where credit is due. You called it. Um, and yeah, I, I wonder like, look, obviously the season's not over right now, but the AFC West has not been what we thought it would be. Uh, the chiefs are winning the division. They look fairly good, but these, you know, these Raiders were supposed to be the talk of the town. They've lost a bunch of games by, by single digits and by very close margins, but still a loss is a loss. The Broncos have like anything but uh, a powerhouse. And yeah, the Chargers that look, that have looked good, uh, but still, I thought they would have looked better. Uh, right now, yeah, it's still the Chiefs' division uh, to to lose there. So uh, maybe it's you know it's it's early season jitters. Maybe it's the fact that you, you know the the teams are looking different, um, and uh, Russell Wilson is losing a, a understanding and and learning a new system. But uh, they got to fix stuff and and fix the ASAP. Uh, yeah, because it's it's turning ugly now in Denver. 
Uh, a game that was great, Dominic, that happened. I even forgot the game was in London. Woke up in the morning. I was like, damn, there's football on this early in the morning. It was the Giants and the Green Bay Packers. Giants coming up victorious 27-22. Dominic, the New York Giants are 4-1. and one. The Giants are 4-1. and one. Um, This I, I expected them to maybe get four or five wins on the season total. Uh, they <laughs> are they for real at 4-1. and one? I don't know, but you know, the record says what the record says. And right now the New York Giants have four wins, one loss. The NFC East is crazy. You got the Eagles at 5-0, and oh, the Cowboys with Cooper Rush at 4-1, and one, and the Giants at 4-1. and one. Big win by the Giants because obviously they got to stay, uh, like I just talked about, uh, ahead of schedule and, and you know, keep a, a, a close race uh, behind those two teams in the NFC East. And, yeah, big win by New York. The game is in London. Um Packers, you know, uh, were winning this game, and uh, the New York Giants said, you know, not so fast. Saquon Barkley having a few breakout runs in this game, and uh, yeah, credit the Giants for coming away victorious in this one, because I believe both you and I picked the Packers uh, to win this game, and uh, you know, the Giants said, uh, you know what, we got this, and uh, we're going to see some vintage Saquon in this game, and uh, we did, and I love, love to see the emotion he has. He's excited to be back, Dominic, and I think all those injuries had really, really plagued him mentally, and uh, and I'm honestly uh, super, super happy for him. And there's uh, there's no player I'd say I wish more um, more success to for a comeback season than Saquon. And yeah, Giants don't look now, Dom, but they're four and one. Four and one. The Giants. Hats off to Saquon Barkley. Absolutely. This team is a one man show, which is really a one man show. Let's just take out Saquon Barkley and see what we can do. I'm telling you, Brian Dable, wow, this guy is the real deal. Is He's able to really pick the right place at the right time and scheme with absolutely nobody. Like, there's nobody on this roster. When I look at the wide receivers, I mean, Richie James, Slayton finally showed up this year, but, I mean, he shows up only once a year. Marcus Johansson, this guy sounds like a Swedish football player. I mean, who are these guys? <laughs> I honestly love the Giants, and I'm going to ask you a question, William. Yeah. So Daniel Jones is not getting his contract exercised. We talked about in the offseason that I said at one point, and I've been obviously back and forth on this, I thought that maybe Daniel Jones would play his way into a contract extension. And that is very rare when a guy gets refused his fifth-year option, that they actually renew his contract afterwards. What will it take for Daniel Jones to keep his job next year and be the starting quarterback? Because if you ask me, he, does, he is not able to run Brian Diebel's real offense, which is an air raid. Do you give Daniel Jones a chance next year? And what will it take for him to get that chance? Yeah, it's a great question, Dominic. Well, like, like I said, the Giants are 4-1 and one and are the, a pretty powerhouse team that you know has Super Bowl aspirations realistically at four and one no and I think a lot of that you know has to do with Daniel Jones now to give Daniel Jones credit Dominic is who does he have that on this football team is a really a solidified receiver right like you just we talked about it you just mentioned it he doesn't have weapons um and like I think you can make the case that like this is one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. And it's crazy to think that at four and one, that is the case. But like you look at this game, Marcus Johnson uh, getting catched. I've never heard of him in my life. And you have Daniel Bellinger, uh, a back to backup tight end, Richie James. Like these are guys look at their photos and like, I've, you haven't seen these players talked about in the NFL before you have Darius Slayton. Okay. Like you said, He's going to come uh, and have these, these solid sprinkles of, of a few games every now and then. But he really doesn't have a guy to throw the football to consistently on third down when he needs to get a first down, does Daniel Jones. And we were hoping Kenny Galladay would be that guy. Obviously, he's not. Kadarius Tony is not playing now. So it's like you have to set up your quote-unquote, young quarterback for success. And yes, he's struggled in the NFL so far. But Daniel Jones has been winning games, Dominic. And, you know, like it's hard to argue against not giving a quarterback, the leader of your football team, uh, a chance when he's winning games. It's like Cooper Rush, for example. I've spoken to a lot of Cowboys fans, and they have said, no, 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 under no circumstances, if Dak is healthy, do you start Cooper Rush over Dak? Because you're paying Dak all that money. And I said, well, I get that, but 
Cooper Rush is 5-0. and And you can make the case that, look, they have – Cooper Rush has not been the reason they've won football games, but Cooper Rush has not thrown an interception this season. And maybe the fact that the Cowboys have a new quarterback, he's lighting a fire under their button. It's just a new vibe. So my comparison here is that Daniel Jones is winning football games. Um, and, you know, while it may not be pretty and it may not be because of him, he has been doing it without a very good receiving core uh, and has beaten good football teams. So, so far, if you're asking me, I'd say, yes, Daniel Jones definitely deserves uh, a chance to be the, the quarterback for the Giants. And I never thought I'd say that at the beginning of the season, but they're sitting at four and one. So, you know, like record says what a record says. And uh, I'm as surprised as you, Dominic, but Daniel Jones uh, has, you know, been good enough for his team to, to be sitting pretty now uh, halfway or, or just, uh, just before halfway through the season. Yeah, this is kind of like maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo situations where if the guy's yeah. winning football games, do we keep him? And uh, are the players in the locker room, do they like him? And sometimes it takes a long time for them for them to develop. Terry Bradshaw and his career where he he was god-awful for the first five seasons and then finally put it together and won four Super Bowls. But that's a Hall of Famer. Daniel Jones is not a Hall of Famer yet <laughs> by any stretch. <laughs> but I want to see when we're going to see Wendell Robinson and Tooney on this football team. We haven't even seen them yet. So that will be the wild card that they could introduce to this offense that might surprise a lot of people. But right now, I'm still not 100% on Daniel Jones. I'm actually, I would sell. I would not sign him next year and I would let him go. I think he will have to win almost the Super Bowl. That's how far, or maybe get to the Super Bowl for the Giants to, to keep him. I think that uh, this offense has a lot of potential and Daniel Jones, unfortunately, doesn't have the gifts to take him there. But let's talk really quick about the, the Green Bay Packers. Wow, Aaron Rodgers, buddy, you know, I love you. You got to start chilling out. You got to start relaxing yourself. You got to start being a teammate, a role model, everything that you, we expect you to be because you're not at all any of that right now. And I think that it all starts with the pressure you're putting on your team. And listen, I get it. You know, you're a competitor. You're a winner. You want to win the Super Bowl. You want to retire. I get it. But you know what? You're going to have to do it with these wide receivers. And you could feed Randall Cobb 13 targets a game. He's not your number one right receiver. You're going to have to figure out somehow to make Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard more involved in his offense. I know that Lazard got eight passes, and yes, he did get a touchdown. But you can make the excuse that they're, they're dropping footballs and all that. But this is what you got. I don't want you to see you lamenting. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear nothing about it. You're better than that. And right now you're disappointing me. I picked you to go to the Super Bowl. You ain't getting there, buddy. Not with that attitude. And uh, let's hope for the Green Bay Packers that they can turn it around. They do have a good, good football team. But I'm looking at that coach right now. That coach looks scared. He looks scared of you, Aaron Rodgers. He ain't supposed to be scared. You <laughs> only won one Super Bowl. You're not Tom Brady. Be a teammate. Be a team player. Let's see it happen. Let's see those Packers win a couple, couple of games because they are underperforming big time. Yeah, they definitely are underperforming, Dominic. And, you know, this is a, a team that had a lot of question marks after losing Devontae Adams. That I think you're seeing right now how valuable he was to this football team. Uh, talk about Aaron Rodgers, Dominic. Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, you bring up a good point. And I have to say, I, I've never really thought him as a leader. I thought him more, as you know, a guy, he's a baller. He throws a beautiful football. Uh, he's an incredible quarterback, one of the best uh, in the league right now, one of the best players in the NFL uh, over the last few seasons. But he, he's never been that leader. Um, and I think that's always been his downfall. And I just, it's, it's rare you see, like, can you imagine uh, the wide receiver core and that offense and those running backs rallying around Aaron Rodgers? No, it's hard to, because number one, he's, he's giving them crap. And he's giving them that stank guy. And, and he, you know, he doesn't really um, show he has confidence in, in this football team and in his receivers. Um, and, you know, you got a lot of young receivers, right? And of course it's difficult. And like, I, I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for a sense because a lot of times he's putting this ball on the money and it's either not being caught as receivers aren't making plays. But uh, yeah, I think that, look, he's he's a veteran in the NFL. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, and, and I'm with you on that one, Dom. I think that's been his biggest criticism. I think he's showing myself and others, uh, you know, as to why people have called him uh, a good quarterback, but not a guy that people are going to rally around because he very rarely do I see him, you know, kind of, put the team on his back uh be that you know leader in the locker room look of course he could be wrong but from what we see on the field he does not carry himself uh or as a leader and as the way he should being the quarterback for this football team uh, really yeah ahead. no no i was gonna say since the start of his career right we haven't really seen it yeah he seems like a jaded player right now i think that uh, ever since they got jordan love on this football team he just seems like a jaded player and 
Matt LaFleur, dude, you're going to have to like be the man here and, and get this team together because I'm telling you, I saw him on the, on the sidelines. He looks scared. He looks like a scared head coach. And this guy actually was not that bad. He was one of those up and coming coaches with uh, Sean McVay. So the, the Packers are in trouble. I'm, I hate to say it, but the Packers are in trouble. And maybe Christian Watson, he seems to be always injured. And once he gets healthy, maybe he opens up that offense to help Aaron Rodgers. But there needs something to happen in Green Bay. And uh, I think that Matt LaFleur needs to be the guy to take the torch away from Rodgers here. And uh, let's get it going, Packers, because right now, like I said, I'm really scared. I think that they might not even make the playoffs. I'll say it right there. They might not even make the playoffs. Yeah, especially when you look at that division, Dominic, and uh, Minnesota coming up with the victory there. The Vikings are sitting pretty and uh, first in the, um, in the NFC North now at 4-1, uh, come away, coming away victorious uh, this weekend over the Chicago, rival Chicago Bears. That was a good game. They were up big in that one. They let the Bears come back into it uh, and, then, uh, and then said, uh, you know what, like enough of this game. <laughs> Let's go out. And put the pedal to the metal. Justin Jefferson having a Justin Jefferson-like game. 12 catches, 154 yards. This guy's putting up MVP numbers there, Dominic. Um, just quickly now, if we go to uh, to other games, uh, because obviously we got to recap, sort of preview what's going to happen in week six. A few disappointments there. The Detroit Lions, Dominic. I, I Let me ask you quickly, Dominic. What's up with Detroit? I cannot tell you how disappointed I am. I thought this team was going to win the game. I was surprised to see the Patriots' favorite in this one, even though the game was in Foxborough. To put up a donut, zero points against Bailey Zappi and the Patriots. Come on, Detroit. What's up? They ran into Bill Belichick. It's that simple. Belichick always has a decent defense. And uh, Campbell up in Detroit didn't, uh, didn't do a good job coaching in this game. Yeah, I think to, to say the least. Another disappointment was the Miami Dolphins. Oh my gosh, head scratcher, losing 40 to 17 to the New York Jets, making the Jets offense look like it was that they were the, the LSU Tigers with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Miami, you got to get yourself together because that was an embarrassing performance. And you got Minnesota next week. Quite disappointing there. So, Dominic, anything that stood out to you from the games that we didn't really recap in Week 5? Obviously, we don't have um, a two-hour slot here where we could dissect to each game and each matchup. But of the games we didn't really uh, recap, Dominic, what stood out to you? Uh, Tennessee Titans having a, an amazing coach in Mike Vrabel. This guy is, to me, marching up as being, if not the best coach in the NFL. I know Bill Belichick is still there, but my hat's off is to Mike Vrabel. This guy does it completely with his entire roster and it, it just amazed me every week they should have lost to washington but uh somehow carson wentz was as usual carson wentz um <laughs> tampa bay well you know leonard fournette boy is this guy a good football player yeah. when you thought that this guy couldn't catch the ball throw him 11 targets he'll catch 10 of them this guy is a bona fide superstar I honestly think that Leonard Fournette can carry the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Super Bowl and not Tom Brady. And that's how good that football player is. And last but not least, Lamar Jackson. We got to give props where it's due. Lamar Jackson, not a great, great football game, but beats Cincinnati and Baltimore. Takes the AFC North crown away from Joe Burrow in this game. And uh, this is the team to watch out in the AFC. I said it before. I actually took Cincinnati to blow out Baltimore, but boy, was I ever happy to see Baltimore win that football game. So congratulations, Lamar. Death, taxes, and Justin Tucker, Dominic. This man is the go-kicker in the NFL. He is a guy that will not miss and is as reliable as kickers come in the NFL. He's just calm. He's cool. He's collected. Uh, and he knows what he needs to do. And he and he does it. It's really that simple with him. Uh, honestly, automatic. Uh, quickly, the Eagles staying undefeated. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys coming with a big victory with Cooper Rush. Carolina Panthers now going to be without their starter, uh, losing to the 49ers. And a crazy, crazy Monday night football game with the Kansas City Chiefs inching out to on top the Raiders with a 30 to 29 victory there with all that being said let's jump into week six let's preview some of these games Dominic Thursday nighter tonight we have a great great matchup between the Washington Commanders the Chicago Bears uh this has last <laughs> Thursday night written all over it let's hope it'll be a better game than that uh the point spread really is uh is a pick at this point uh so should be a tight game I'm gonna go with the Commanders winning this game 17 to 16 in a tight game for the most part. Yeah, this is going to be the commander's game to lose. I think that the Chicago Bears 
have no defense whatsoever. So Washington just put some points on the board. Hats off to Darnell Mooney. You're trying to do it all by yourself. It's extremely hard to do when you're one player on a football team. And uh, give me the commanders in this game and probably a tight football game, 21 to 20. All right, next up, we got the New York Giants sitting at three and two, second in the AFC East. Man, these New York teams are surprising people. Playing at the Green Bay Packers, Packers feared by seven. Oh, man, I feel like this has trap game written all over it. I'm going to go with the Packers in this one, uh, but I think this is going to be a fun game to watch, and I'm actually excited to watch this game. Uh, I think it will be good. I think it will be competitive, but I'm going to go with a final score. Give me 23-20 to 20 for the Packers uh, with, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson, the Jets keeping it close in Lambeau Field. The New York Jets have done a phenomenal job running the football all season, so yeah. – I expect both of these football teams to run the football at each other and may the best running football team win. That will be the Green Bay Packers. Give me Green Bay 28 to 20. All right, next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings at my Miami Dolphins. Uh, Minnesota favored in this game by three. Look, I haven't picked against the Dolphins uh, once this year, Dominic. And unfortunately, this will be the first time I do. I just did not see anything out of that defense that makes me confident about this game. I can see Justin Jefferson running wild in this one. Hopefully, Xavier Howard will play in this one uh, as he missed out against the Jets. We don't know what's going to happen in the Dolphins quarterback situation. Is Bridgewater going to play? Is it going to be the seventh-round pick, Skylar Thompson? Too many question marks, so little answers. I'm going to go with the Vikings winning this game. Give me a final score of 31-16. to 16. I didn't hear you say Tua playing in this football game. So <laughs> are you sure he's not going to be coming back? Uh, Tua, yeah. No, Tua will. He hasn't resumed football activities. I think it'll be a miracle if he's back. Uh, but yeah, for this game against the Vikings, it doesn't look like Tua will play. It'll either be uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson. Yeah. Call me crazy. Tua miraculously makes his way back <laughs> to the football field. Everybody questioning the decision. I'm calling it. Tua is back and leads the Miami Dolphins to a victory over those Vikings 35 to 30. Damn, Dominic, you're getting me pumped up. Hopefully, if he comes back, he's healthy enough to come back. But if he does and leads us to a victory, damn, Dominic, you're definitely going to uh, you're going to receiving some uh, birthday cake from me for sure sometime soon. Next I love up. It. Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals, New Orleans Saints. Uh, since he favored in this one by one and a half. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Like, look, do I trust Cincinnati on that offense? No. I can see Joe Burrow struggling in this game, but the Bengals are too good of a team to lose again uh, and, you know, to, to fall to two and four. So just really for that reason and, you know, not even thinking analytics, I'm going to go with the Bengals winning this game. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, give me Cincy 28 to 25 uh, in overtime in this one over the Saints. And this is my upset pick of the week. Uh, I called Cincinnati to, to struggle in the beginning of the season. Even if they lose this football game, I am not scared for those Cincinnati Bengals. But they, they're going to lose this football game. They're in New Orleans. New Orleans got a good D. They can play strong against the run. Joe Mixon is the one that opens up this offense usually. He's going to get stifled and stuff. And last week, we saw teams being able to neutralize Chase and showing that kind of recipe. Maybe it's going to have to be something else for Cincinnati without Higgins. If Higgins plays, then Cincinnati has an answer. But I don't think even Higgins is going to play in this game. Give me New Orleans, 35-30. to 30. So you're still not worried about those Bengals, Dominic? No, no. This team could turn it on a dime and win, like, I don't know, like eight games in a row. Cincinnati's absolutely fine. They have Joe Burrow and Chase. That is a recipe for success. It seems that teams are actually, you know, catching up to that. But Joe Burrow is a really good quarterback. And the only thing in his way is himself. And he just needs to have a bit more confidence at times. Seems like his those injuries maybe are always in the back of his head. I don't know. That's my take. I think Cincinnati is fine. I think Joe Burrow gets over the hump, and they will make the playoffs this year, even if they lose this football game. All right, Bengals fans, you heard it from Dom Demeester. No need to sweat it out just, just yet. we got a divisional matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts. Colts favored by two, Dominic. Oof, they had a tough one to predict. Oh, man, I think the Jag Jacksonville Jaguars finally came back to reality this weekend by losing to the Houston Texans. Give me the Colts. Uh, give me the Colts in this one in a lowest scoring game where it will probably be sloppy football. And yeah, 16-13 Indianapolis, but neither team looking particularly good in this one. 
I have to admit, you know, I'm, I'm very confused with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I yeah. think that Levy Smith is forcing teams to play his brand of football. And that's why Houston beat Jacksonville. And it's hard to do when, they, when a coach does that, but you have to have a good running game and Houston keeps on relying on Pierce. So Jacksonville just, you know, open up that offense. Trevor Lawrence looked lost last week. I don't think he's going to be lost this week. Give me Jacksonville and a great football game, 24 to 23. Okay, next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the New York Giants. New York Giants underdogs in this one by four and a half at home. Give me an upset. I like what the New York Giants are doing here. I think this defense is going to be uh, able to contain Lamar Jackson for the most part. I could see Saquon running wild in this one as well. And yeah, I think the crowd is going to be pumped in New York, Dominic, at MetLife Stadium. I think that's going to propel them to the victory. So I'm going to go with the New York Giants in the upset uh, in this one. Give me a final score of 27 to 21 uh, Giants over the Ravens. Yeah, I think that the Baltimore Ravens need David Ajabo to get on this football team as quick as possible. They're missing that dynamic pass rush. And we talked about Ajabo, rookie from Michigan, to come and inject that extra pass rush that we just haven't seen yet. He's obviously not going to be on this football team for a while, but I think that the, the Ravens now realize that they have to get to the quarterback a lot more often. They will annihilate, I said, annihilate those <laughs> Giants. They'll make Daniel Jones look like a fool. Give me the Ravens, 37 to three. Wow. Massacre there. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at your Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to keep this one short, Dominic. Pittsburgh Steelers have not looked good this season. Tampa Bay has a great defense. I think it's going to be a lot of running in this game. Bold prediction for this game, Leonard Fournette rushes for 200 yards, Dominic. So fantasy owners, if you have Leonard Fournette, definitely keep him in your lineup. That's my bold prediction for this game. I think the Buccaneers uh, take the lead early and Definitely do not look back in this one. I'm going to go final score of 31 to six for the Bucks. Now this is going to be a very well coached football game on both sides. And whoever has the ball in the end will win this football game. I, I have to go with Tom Brady. I want to take an upset here. I really do. I want to take Pittsburgh to bounce back and give Tomlin some credit here. But Tampa Bay, I mean, Tom Brady just owns Pittsburgh. He always has. And I can't go away from that. But he doesn't cover the spread. Tampa Bay wins this football game 24-20. All righty, close one. Next up, AFC matchup. New England Patriots at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland favored by three. Whew, this is a tough one. Man, Vegas has it right here. Oh, God, you're debating. I'm going to go with the Browns winning this game and barely covering. Uh, I could see Jacoby Brissett marching down the field and leading his team to victory by putting them in field goal position and getting a field goal as time expired. Will the Cleveland Browns give me a final score? I'm going to go 22-19 to 19 Cleveland in this one. Exactly uh, the three-point spread that, uh, that Vegas put. Cleveland's been waiting for a football team like New England to show up so they can showcase their offense. I think Nick Chubb scores three touchdowns in this game and runs for over 200 yards. Cleveland, believe it or not, is a great football team, and they will showcase it in this game by winning against New England 34-14. to Wow. All right. Next up, we got San Fran at the Atlanta Falcons. San Fran favored by five and a half in this one. Huge victory for the 49ers this weekend. Looking very good against Carolina. I think they keep it rolling. And I think Jimmy G does what Jimmy G does. And that's winning football games. Give me a final score of 28 to 20 San Francisco. Yeah, last week's game against Tampa Bay is a backbreaker for those Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Even though they were coming back in that football game, they were down. And but that would have given so much momentum. They're right now feeling at the bottom of the barrel. Give me San Francisco to destroy the Atlanta Falcons 40 to 17. All right, our four o'clock games. We got the Carolina Panthers at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams favored by 11. That spread is way too high. I know Baker Mayfield will miss at least a few weeks, but I don't think the Rams cover the spread in this game. However, I do think they win. I'm gonna go a final score. I'm going to go 24 to 18 Rams victorious over the Carolina Panthers in a close game. Now this spread is way too high. Matt rule was a horrendous football coach. He got fired. So we all knew that was coming. You called it Dominic. Good on you. You called it. Yeah. That guy's he's out the door. See you in the college football game. Uh, <laughs> give me the Rams in this game in overtime 33 to 30. 
All right, next up, NFC West matchup. Cardinals at the Seahawks. This should be a good one. Arizona favor, favored by three. Give me the home team. Give me the Seahawks coming up victorious in an upset in this one. I can see this being a really good game uh, throughout. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I just get the feeling it's going to be a good one. I'm going to go Seattle, final score of 31-30. to 30. And, yeah, uh, with the, the Seahawks uh, improving and winning at home. This is a huge football game for yeah. both teams. I've taken Arizona three weeks in a row now, and he just keeps on disappointing me, Cal yeah. Murray. Just when you think he's going to do something right, he does something wrong, and I don't know, man. I'm going to take him again. You know, call me foolish. <laughs> I just think that Arizona is just the better football team, and I'm going to go with the Cardinals 37-34. to 34. All right, next up, we got it could be the game of the week. Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, a rematch of last year's playoff matchup. Bills favored by two and a half. I'm going to go Buffalo winning this game in a high-scoring game on the road. Give me Buffalo 37-30. And, uh, yeah, those Bills uh, continuing on their hard start to the season. Yeah, this is a huge game. People have been waiting for this game since last year's unbelievable matchup. Maybe. Yeah maybe the best game that's ever been played. <laughs> this is going to be nothing like this whatsoever. Kansas city is just going to destroy Buffalo. Wow. Leave. The, the fans are going to be probably leaving at halftime. The fans are going to be celebrating for the entire evening in bars all over Kansas city. Give me Kansas city 37 to 14. Wow, surprise, surprise. I like the bold take. Next up, a huge matchup in Philadelphia, NFC East matchup. Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Sunday Night Football, Eagles favored by five. Give me those Eagles to stay undefeated and to cover the spread. I'm going to go a final score of 32-21 Philly to improve to 6-0. and Yo, Dallas is for real. That defense <laughs> is for real. They have an amazing head coach in Mike McCarthy. Thank God, Mike McCarthy, you're showing all those guys that were trying to run you out of town. Listen, you're facing a Fungazi in the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> you will show everyone what Jalen Hurts is really all about, which is nothing. Mika Parson has three sacks in his football game and a touchdown. Give me Dallas, 27 to 10. Alrighty. Wow. Next up, we got Monday Night Football to end the week. Denver Broncos, Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers favored by five and a half. Chargers do not cover the spread. However, they win on a last second field goal. 21-20 over those Denver Broncos. And Russell Wilson takes another L. Oh, I love it, William. But guess <laughs> what? The Los Angeles Chargers have a terrible offensive line. You get rescued by your defense wow. in this game. And Melvin Gordon does run for 100 yards. Denver takes it in overtime, 27 to 24. All right, folks, got to wrap it up quickly. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back same place, same time next week. Enjoy some football. NFL refs, stop the roughing the passer. All right, folks, you were listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.